everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love, and compassion. Great to have your company. How are you going? Hope you're traveling okay. I'm Caroline Heim, and here's Dr. Christian Heim. Hello. And today we're continuing our series reading Dr. Heim's book, Negotiating Diversity with Insights from Science and Clinical Psychiatry. In today's episode, we're going to give you some real practicals for connecting with people you may feel a little uncomfortable around or that you don't know how to approach. We're going to look at techniques for building bridges and for finding common ground. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. As usual, I'm going to be interrupting and asking Dr. Heim some questions. Step two, build bridges, not walls. How can we relate? I can choose to build a bridge. When it comes to people interactions, one of the best metaphors is to build a bridge rather than erect walls. Imagine two land masses separated by a sea. Building a bridge means that the resources of both land masses become available to each other. Two people can feel like two lonely land masses separated by a tumultuous sea of expectations, inhibitions, fears and busyness. A bridge is needed for them to meet, greet and befriend each other. We have built some amazing bridges on this planet. The Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco. The Tower Bridge, London. The Sydney Harbour Bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge and the Rialto in Venice. These are famous but relatively small. The Hong Kong-Macau Bridge spans almost 23 kilometres over water. The Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel spans more than 28 kilometres and has been driven almost 150 million times. Several bridges in Louisiana span more than 29 kilometres, but the longest bridge is the Danyang Kunshan Grand Bridge, part of the Beijing Shanghai High Speed Railway. It's a mere 165 kilometres long. We build these bridges to connect land masses, but more importantly, to connect the people from each landmass so that they can do business, visit, and get to know each other. We've also built some amazing walls to keep each other out around medieval towns like Carcassonne or Rottenburg, the Wall of Troy, Hadrian's Wall, the Berlin Wall, and the 9,000 kilometres of the Great Wall of China. Like bridges, they're magnificent structures, but their purpose is to keep people out, or in the case of the Berlin Wall, to keep people in. Walls stop people from interacting. They say no to economic exchange, exchange of ideas, friendliness, and freedom. We feel the difference between someone who builds bridges, sure, I can meet tomorrow, or now's a good time, oh, I'd love to get together, I can be flexible, where and when would you like to meet, make yourself at home, do you drink tea or coffee, or someone who builds walls, no, can't make that, I'm too busy, maybe some other time, I have other priorities, is it that time already, a bridge feels inviting, walls keep distance. Imagine two business people meeting for the first time. They walk towards each other, eyes meet, handshake, a few words. They've already made and crossed four social bridges. Walk, eyes, handshake, words. One, two people walking towards each other are like two people walking across a bridge from opposite ends. Two, eye contact. With eye contact, a bridge is made between two social brains. Three, handshake. When you shake someone's hand, your arms span a gulf to construct a bridge towards the other person. Four, words. Words span two frontal lobes focused on each other. 
an interpreter may become part of the bridge. People may be cautious about crossing the bridge. When socialising, we tend to bring along some defensive bricks to build a wall just in case we need to protect ourselves. Our social masks are walls, monitoring our words and gestures, being careful not to make too much eye contact, being self-conscious, being on guard, calculating responses, being pretentious and lying. Social masks will always be needed. It's a rare thing to be totally honest. It may not even be possible. If we build bridges and use thinner masks and walls, however, we share the walk down the mere exposure effect. Practical ways to build bridges, not walls. Walking towards someone with eye contact, ready to shake hands and talk, works for some business interactions, but not for all people interactions. All people interactions need to be appropriate to time, space and culture. Stay chill, C-H-I-L-L, while building your bridges. C. Cultivate curiosity. H. Have helpful words and phrases. I. I statements for respectful conversation. L. Like something about them quickly. And L. Listen. Cultivate curiosity. The way to build a bridge while cultivating curiosity is with safe questions on common ground topics. I'm just curious, is this what you usually do to relax? I'm curious, does this music drive you nuts or is it just me? Would you choose something else? Like what? Really? What else? Can you tell me more about that? These questions express curiosity, are focused on the person you're listening to and move from the general to the particular. This is bridge building. Helpful words and phrases. Negative words, no way, no, I can't believe that, you've got to be joking, and sarcastic, caustic or critical tones tend to build walls. Positive words, yeah, sure, I see what you mean. Okay, oh, that's good. Help bridge building and help tear down walls. Phrases helpful to building bridges include, yeah, me too, when it's honest. I understand what you're saying. I've been through that same sort of thing. Oh, thanks for sharing that with me. I statements. Starting statements with, I think that, or I feel that, lets the other person know you're not going to force your opinions onto them. Opinions are what you bring from your side of the bridge. Show you appreciate what they bring from their side of the bridge with statements such as, I see what you're saying, I really do. But what I think about that is, oh, I've never thought of that. You've given me something to think about. I'm going to take some of your ideas home to ponder. Does anyone really say ponder in a sentence, Christian? (laughs) All right, think about that. (laughs) These statements allow you to agree or disagree and show that you've been enriched by the conversation you've just had. This is validating for the other person. You've accepted them and allowed them to contribute to you as a person. You've built a bridge and made a connection. There's less of a wall. Like them. Focusing your frontal lobe and social brain on something you like about them will naturally build a bridge in how you behave, your choice of words and tone of voice. Listen. Listening builds bridges of trust rather than walls of distrust. To listen well, you have to shelve your beliefs and judgments just for a while. This leads to more trust. In listening, you simply need to be there with a person rather than make clever conversation. This too builds a bridge of trust rather than a wall of suspicion. Ah, and I think this is the most important of all. Just going to pause here. How many of us have our internal dialogues going on or agendas of random thoughts and things like that? And we don't actually listen. It's such a skill. 
But what I want to ask you is this, do you think screens have made it harder for people to really listen to each other? Yeah, unfortunately I do. Screens are designed to keep you engaged, which means that they're going to become your focal point of what you look at, what you listen to, where you have your focused attention. So by nature, that means cutting out people around you. Yeah. Okay. It's a skill we really need to learn again, I think. Yeah. Step three, connect with common ground. Where are we the same? I'll choose to connect with common ground. Everybody talks about the weather, says Charles Dudley Warner, but nobody does anything about it. Talking about the weather makes for dry conversation, but it is safe. It's the ultimate common ground. We all experience the weather and most of us have an opinion about it. Too hot, too cold, too windy, too mild or too perfect. Agree or disagree, it's common ground without being threatening. Unless you mention climate change to some people. Connecting with common ground unites us. Common ground helps us feel welcomed, accepted and part of the human herd. To help break the ice, we use rules and rituals, like the rules of eating and drinking. Let's look at drinks. Drinking together is a connection made through common ground. So, are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Well, I prefer wine over beer. How about you? What do you think of this drop of wine? Lovely tea. I like herbal. How about you? Oh, love a good head on a beer. What about you? Common ground right in front of you. An ice-cold standoff between diverse groups can be warmed by a hot tea, coffee, wine, spirits, water, sweets, cheeses, snacks, or cool music. To make a connection, take time, extend yourself, following the drink and food rules and rituals of the occasion. Then look for deeper common ground with curiosity. Try not to focus on differences. This speeds up the mere exposure effect. Exposure to initial hostility, to curiosity with common ground, to acceptance. Chances are the other person is also curious about you. If you're bored with each other, it'll be a shorter conversation. That's how brains work. Negotiating a new person is one of the most interesting and challenging tasks any brain can undertake. That's why some couples who have been together 40 or 50 years can say, we still learn something new about each other every day. Tap into curiosity to find common ground. You know you've reached it when you get to me too. With the Me Too experience, people from immensely diverse groups, seemingly at odds or in conflict, can find themselves bonding over common ground topics such as, my parents didn't understand me. I believe it's important to stay true to who you really are. I love dogs. I hate this music. You'll notice these things are quite personal. They open up your vulnerability. The Me Too experience helps people value each other and themselves. It's powerfully bonding when two people share personal topics and moments. The Me Too experience is basic to the identity of any diverse group. We all share this experience. Group therapy, for example, can be particularly bonding. People share their vulnerability in an atmosphere of trust. They share things they usually don't. Others listen sympathetically, understand and accept. The following comments are from trauma therapy groups. I thought I was the only one who felt like that. I told her, it wasn't your fault. Then I realised I blamed myself too. We talked for a long time and made a real connection. Oh, what he shared really took guts. All I said was, I know what you mean, and he burst into tears, then thanked me. For the first time, I felt someone really understood me. Me too. 
I know that Me Too has become a movement. Our society competes for word ownership. But in essence, the two words simply mean, I've experienced something similar to what you have. The Me Too experience, when you find common emotional ground, is very powerful. But it doesn't need to be over something problematic. Common ground and the Me Too experience is closer than you think. You see a person and they seem so foreign, even hostile. But right in front of you is also a person who had setbacks in childhood, who enjoys a dog or a cat, who relaxes, who is afflicted by health concerns and wonders what life's really about, just like you. Find the important common ground with curiosity. Look beyond the difference to the person. Okay, so is this kind of like the find something you like about this person? It's going out of your comfort zone, yeah? Well, I suppose it is going out of your comfort zone or going out of the comfort zone of the superficiality of whatever occasion you're at. Uh, it's really just looking for common ground, uh, just seeing the other person as a person rather than part of a group identity. Okay, so it can also be common ground in what's happening environmentally around you, like you're listening to a band together and you're talking about that. Oh, most yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like that's one of the most important common grounds. It's like the drinks that you've got in your hands or the hors d'oeuvres that somebody's bringing around, listening to a band or just checking out what other people are wearing. I don't know, just whatever happens to be in the air at the time. Anything can be used as common ground. Okay, great. Joanne is a 56-year-old CEO. It's tough. And I have to come up with the right decision. My friends and family don't always understand. So once a month, I meet up with other CEOs, a dozen of us behind closed doors, no minutes kept. We often discuss diversity issues, keeping everyone happy. It's difficult. We talk about eye contact, listening skills and curiosity. We look for common ground and me too. When people start sharing their unique stories, even with strangers, a striking discovery is made. Everyone has a similar story. We're not so different after all. We're not alone. We can relate. Sometimes other people are overwhelmed, just as we are. We all leave things undone. We all get it wrong sometimes. Guilt often weighs each of us down, but joy punctuates each of our lives. Nobody's perfect, but we all try. We all fail, and we all succeed somewhere. But we all want to be loved, to be accepted, to belong, to be useful, and to be true to ourselves. Before we share our stories, it seems that others are intimidatingly perfect but they too have financial, relational, sexual or health problems. Curiosity gets under the social mask to make a connection with common ground. We begin to value ourselves and our stories and value others and their stories, separate and unique, yet connected. To share stories hoping to find common ground, it helps to have a smattering of self-reflection, patience, humility, the ability to listen, a sense of humour and a willingness to learn. Wow, just a short list, Dr. Heim. Not asking too much of people here. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just asking people to be themselves. That's all we actually need to be. Because you know what? We're all imperfect. Be real. Let your social mask drop down just a little and watch others do the same. Under the mask, you'll find common ground. The ultimate common ground is being human and negotiating this crazy thing called life. We're all trying to do it. In looking to connect on common ground, you may need to wade through a little conflict first, however. Initial conflict is okay. That too is part of the mere exposure effect. Oh, I mourn the invention of the dishwasher, says Jeremy. When I was a boy, we had to wash up after dinner. It took so long and my sister and I often argued. I hated it, but we were in relationship. Now my children put their plates in the dishwasher and quickly go back to their computers. I feel sorry for them. They're in separate worlds. There's less common ground for kids to share. 
practical ways to connect with Common Ground. To connect with Common Ground, gently reach under the social mask, get to the me too and stay chill, C-H-I-L-L. Cultivate curiosity, have helpful words and phrases, I statements for respectful conversation, like something about them quickly and listen. Cultivate curiosity. Cultivating curiosity leads you to connect on common ground by asking non-threatening questions. So, do you like dogs? What sort of music do you like? Have you ever tried warm beer? You can go further to cultivate the other person's curiosity. Do you want to know what I think about that? Can I trust you with how I really feel about these things? Would you cope if I say something a little strange about that? Can I take this conversation more below the surface? These questions address the process of talking rather than the content, the how rather than the what. This indirectly gauges the level of trust you may be building and gives the other a chance to back out if they don't want to go there. It's a way of showing that you care without saying so. Helpful words and phrases. Negative words. No, no way, can't believe that. <laughs> You've got to be joking. And a sarcastic, caustic or critical tone hinder connecting and finding common ground. Positive words. Yeah, sure. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, oh, that's good. Help people feel safe to move with curiosity to find common ground. Phrases helpful to find common ground include, I'm just trying to find some common ground here. Yes, some common ground. Oh, maybe we've just made a connection. I'm curious to see if we can make a good connection here. These statements again talk about process, how, rather than the content, what, of conversation. This is safe, good practice, as long as you can keep it light, positive and hopeful. I statements. I think that, dot, 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 or I feel that, dot, 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 allow you to gently share yourself unthreateningly, depending on what you say, of course. Gently follow these statements up with an invitation for others to share themselves. But what do you think of that? Mm, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. This helps make a connection by showing that you're not really being too strong. Being human is your ultimate common ground. Affirming, even in direct words, that you are two people trying to make a connection begins to make that connection. So uh, we're trying to make a connection here, right? Like them. Find something you like about them to make a common ground connection. Have your frontal lobe concentrate on what you like about them to broadcast through your social brain a sense of affirming. That can be very useful to build trust. And just pause here. I'm really interested if doing that can also build new brain pathways of trust. Oh, most definitely. Anything that we do consciously and practice is building a new brain pathway so that it becomes our default mode and it feels more natural each time you do it. Listen. Listening builds trust and goodwill. Listening with good appropriate eye contact can make a connection of two social brains even if you can't find much common ground. Two engaged social brains are common ground. Listening is the most powerful tool you can have to make a connection with another human being. Aim to be a good listener. And thank you for listening to this episode. Challenge for this week, make a connection with someone on common ground or build a bridge with someone you may even feel uncomfortable around. Great to have your company. Pop over onto our website and sign up for our newsletter to learn more about preventative mental health and strengthening your relationships with people from all walks of life. Catch you next time.